Hello everyone and welcome back to Beyond the Basket. I am your host, my name is Brandon Muting, and welcome to the season 2 premiere of Beyond the Basket. Now, today we actually have our hands full with some topics from college basketball. And this podcast mainly focuses on college basketball, but today we're going to be looking at college prospects going into this Thursday's NBA draft. And let me just say, this might be the most interesting draft we've had And I would say since the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, you know, ah, wait, Joel Embiid, I'm going to say the Joel Embiid draft class. Um, Ben Simmons, I guess you kind of knew he was going to be the top pick. And I guess in this year's draft, you can say Cade Cunningham is going to be the top pick, but is he truly going to end up in Detroit for the Pistons or are the Rockets going to trade up in the system? So I'm just going to be covering a mock draft in today's episode. And then I also want to talk about the Big 12 Conference. It has been a concern of many sports fans that the Big 12 Conference may even dissolve after they saw Oklahoma and Texas are leaving for the SEC Conference in Kansas. There are rumors about Kansas going to the Big 10 Conference. So let's dig deep into this stuff. It's great to be back. It is great to have a podcast again, and I cannot wait until I just keep this going and going. Now, I do want to update you guys about this podcast. Um, In the next few weeks, I'm going to have a lot going on. I'm going to be moving into an apartment, and I still have summer classes going on. So there might be some weeks, and I'll keep you guys posted on Twitter or Instagram or even Facebook. I might take like a week off. And sometimes I might not have enough content to produce an episode, and I might wait until the next week to cover it. So don't be surprised if there's a week that I take off. And then the other thing is, my plan is to always try to produce an episode somewhere on Tuesdays. Sometimes it might be a little bit of a delay. Maybe it will be Wednesday. Maybe it will be Thursday. Just with um, a new start here in Lincoln, I'm trying to get my feet planted so I know a strict schedule. And once I have a good schedule for this podcast, I will let you guys know ASAP. But um, just try to be flexible with me. I know a lot of podcasts usually strictly have the same day. But of course, I'm going to still give you guys an episode each week when I don't have a whole lot going on. All right, so the first topic we're going to cover is the possible dissolution of the Big 12 Conference. Like I said earlier, Texas and Oklahoma, they are moving to the SEC conference, and there are big rumors about Kansas going to the Big Ten conference. So at this point, is there even a reason to have the Big 12 conference? Now, let me say this. Um, This past year, there was a lot of social media gamble about who's the bigger conference, the Big Ten or the Big 12. Well, obviously, the Big 12 won that because Baylor ended up being our national champions, Though, uh, now it's coming to the possible possibility that the Big 12 might not even be a conference anymore. And, at least to me, I think this throws everything off. Because the Big 12 had so many good teams, so many great programs in that conference. And when it came to um, conference play later in the year, on the back end of the year, or when it came into the tournament, it was really exciting. However, the positives of it, some of these conferences have a team that dominates every single season. For example, in the Big East, Villanova is usually always the top tier team. Big Ten, it's usually always Michigan State or Michigan. So to take some of these teams and um, what's the word for it? Give them a new conference, we'll say. It's going to be a little bit interesting. I just don't know if the dissolution of the Big 12 is the right idea for this. However, I know these programs are looking for new competition, new teams to face, new challenges. So I completely understand from a program's standpoint of view. Now, we know about Oklahoma and Texas. I'm going to go over the rest of the Big 12 teams and where I think they should land. And we're going to start off with our national champions, Baylor. Now, I've looked at a few articles. CBS has them going to the American Athletic Conference, and I'm actually going to disagree with this one. The American Athletic Conference, I consider not one of the top conferences. 
They're not one of the, they're not bottom conference. They're not a top conference. They're like one of those middle conferences. Like, for example, if you're in a smaller conference and you are dominating your conference, you're going to go to a mid-conference. You're not going to go straight to the Big 12 um, unless you're the Creighton Blue Jays and go from the Missouri Valley to the Big East. But I consider the Missouri Valley a mid-conference as well. So if I had to place Baylor somewhere, I've, uh, I would want to put them in the Pac-12. But the Pac-12 is all about the West, and Baylor is more towards the South. And so I understand why people put them in American Athletic Conference. They're not going to go in the Big Ten. They're not going to go in the ACC. I just feel like the Pac-12 would be the most reasonable. And the Pac-12 right now is super interesting. Colorado just was one of those surprise teams this year. Oregon is always a top-tier team. Oregon State won the Pac-12 championship. So why not throw the Baylor Bears into the Pac-12 and make it a little more interesting, add some more competition, because I feel like we always hear about Oregon. We heard about UCLA in their Final Four run this year. Let's add Baylor into the Pac-12 if we are going to dissolve the Big 12. Or, and yeah, into the Pac-12, but dissolve the Big 12. Oh my gosh, that, was, that blew me off for a minute. Um, Iowa State, now... Iowa State really hasn't been good in, since Fred Hoiberg was their coach. CBS has them going to the Big Ten, and you know what? I'm actually going to agree with CBS here. Iowa State hasn't been the same program in a long, long time, but I think they deserve to still be in one of the top conferences. And Iowa, the Hawkeyes, are in that conference, and I know their main rival is Nebraska, but now they have an in-state rivalry against the Cyclones. And I think it would add a little tension. It would add some interest to that conference with Iowa and Iowa State. And that brings me to my next team, who we've already talked about, is Kansas. And I think the Big Ten would make the most sense. Kansas, um, you know, we're always so used to these Big Ten teams dominating. Well, Kansas was one of the dominators of the Big 12 conference. Could Kansas do that same exact thing in the Big Ten? That's the question. I think Kansas would still do really well in the Big Ten, but I don't know if they would be the top team. They've struggled the last couple years. They made the March Madness tournament, but they're not doing Jayhawk things. You know, back when Joel and Bede was there, they were always the top team and there was no doubt about it. Now they're just kind of like, yeah, we're a top team, but not a whole lot of people talk about us and a lot of people doubt our play. Um, but I think moving the Jayhawks to the Big Ten Conference would be an interesting move um, for the conference. Now, Kansas State, they have them in the Mountain West Conference. This is where it gets a little tough. Kansas State this year was terrible, probably one of the worst Division I teams this year. Um, they lost to a Division II team in their non-conference play, and it hasn't just hasn't been pretty for them. So I'm going to agree with the Mountain West Conference. Um, the Mountain West, I think, is still a very competitive conference. They have San Diego State in there. Um, I know Boise State was a runner. I wouldn't say a runner-up, but they were pretty close to making the tournament. And I think Kansas State could add a little fire to that conference and make it a little more competitive. Oklahoma State, CBS has them going to Pac-12 play. Ah, uh, this is, this is where it gets, this is where it's tough for me. I wouldn't put Oklahoma State in the Pac-12. I would put them in the SEC. Um, first of all, I feel like they are, first of all, Oklahoma's in the SEC. Um, they're just more closer to the SEC teams than they are the Pac-12. And I know Baylor is literally like a state over, but Baylor is closer to the Pac-12 teams. Oklahoma State's more closer to the SEC teams, I feel like. So I'm going to throw Oklahoma State in the SEC. Um, they've had a couple of guards in the last decade that has really improved their team. Marcus Smart, who is now on the Boston Celtics. Obviously, Cade Cunningham, the top pick for this year's NBA draft. I think Oklahoma State will fit in the SEC. Will they be as dominant? Uh, you know... I'm not sure. The recruiting is getting better, but it needs to even it needs to improve even to a better level if they want to compete with teams in the SEC like Arkansas 
And of course now Oklahoma and Texas, and we all know about Texas and what they did with the recruiting program and the transfer portal. They did a lot of big things this season. Now TCU, they have TCU going to the Pac-12. Ah, uh, this is where I disagree. Um, I don't think TCU should be in a top conference. TCU really hasn't seen a good year of basketball in a long, long time. I'm going to say they should go to the Mountain West Conference. Um, I think they need to improve their program, and in order to improve your program, you need to take a step back before you can take another step forward. Throw them in the Mountain West, see how they can improve in that conference, and go from there. Now, one of the biggest um, disagreements I have here is Texas Tech, and they have them going to the American Athletic Conference. I see where they're trying to get that, but Texas Tech is too good of a team, I feel like, to be in the American Athletic Conference. Now, you could throw them in the Pac-12, you can throw them in the SEC, and maybe even push for the Big Ten, but I'm not going to push for the Big Ten. I'm... I kind of see where people are saying, oh, the American Athletic Conference makes sense because American Athletic Conference, you know, probably with the dissolution of the Big 12, they might be that new top conference. Now, if they are pushing this conference to be a top conference, then th sure, throw Texas Tech in there. Um, yeah, throw Texas Tech in there. But if you're not really planning on that, then, then throw them in the Pac-12. Um... I know Baylor is already going to be in there, and I think Texas Tech would be an interesting, uh, like Big Twelve ten. Oh my gosh, Big Twelve rivalry. Throw Texas Tech in there. Why not? Um, it's it's just one of those things that makes it ten times more difficult when you dissolve an entire conference. Um, West Virginia is our last one, and I actually agree with CBS here. The ACC, um, they're in state. Other in-state team, the Virginia Cavaliers, are in the ACC, so it only makes more sense if West Virginia went to the ACC. How would they do in that conference? I have no idea. There are so many powerhouses in that conference, and I'm not sure how they would do. I imagine they would do really well. They have a great program under Coach Bob Huggins, so I imagine it goes well. Um, it's going to take a lot of getting used to if the dissolution of the Big 12 happens. And um, I'm already thrown off by Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. I'm thrown off by Kansas possibly joining the Big Ten. So this is going to be new for me. It's going to be new for you guys. It's going to be new for these basketball programs. And when it comes to March Madness, we're going to be down to 31 conferences because the Ivy League is probably playing this year. I'm just assuming that. Um, we're back to 31 conferences. And I don't know about you guys, but adding an extra bubble team this year was odd. You know, we were so used to either Yale or Harvard or Penn even making the tournament, and now we settle for an extra bubble team. And with the dissolution of the Big 12, a power conference, might I add, that's going to be a little odd. But who knows? Maybe add some more competitiveness within these conferences, maybe more interest. To be honest, I thought college basketball had enough interest to begin with, so um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. But the Oklahoma-Texas programs, I understand where they're trying to do. Um, just move to a different conference, get something else started. And if Kansas does the same thing, it's understandable. All right, now that we are done with the entire dissolution of the Big 12 Conference, I want to get started about the NBA draft that happens this Thursday night. It's really odd because I literally just felt like we had the last NBA draft. Um, with Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman. That happened in November, um, not a little less than a year ago. Um, it's weird to have the draft now. Um, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks in winning their first NBA championship in 50 years. I honestly thought the Phoenix Suns were going to take it, but you know what? Giannis Adenokounmpo, he's kept his loyalty to the Milwaukee Bucks. He had so many options to leave. Um, there was rumors he was going to go to the Houston Rockets. There was... Rumors that he was going to go to the Miami Heat, but he stayed in Milwaukee where he got drafted and he stuck to it. But now today, I'm just going to go over the first round and just say, you know, this is the pick this team should make. If I was their general manager, this is what the pick I would do. Um, so let's get started. Um, the Detroit Pistons obviously have the first pick. And there's a lot of rumors saying, oh, is the Houston Rockets going to trade 
someone for the Pistons for the first pick. If you're the Houston Rockets, don't do that. Um, you have the starting lineup of John Wall, you've got Eric Gordon, you've got Anthony Lamb, you've got Christian Wood, who arguably, arguably could have been the most improved player of the year. And then you have Kelly Olenek, who, you know, he's not bad, but I see him more as a role player. Obviously, some of these guys' um, contracts are running out. Um, and they might not even resign with the Rockets, but I'm just going to assume they do in these in these scenarios. If I'm the Rockets, I'm not going to trade. Um, and I imagine if the Houston Rockets do trade someone to the Pistons, I think it's very risky, but I think they might trade someone like John Wall there or even Kevin Porter Jr. We saw what he did done with the Cavaliers. He did a lot, but there was a lot of um, incidents that happened in Cleveland with him. You know, like they would probably send over probably like John Wall and maybe even Christian Wood. And I don't think that's worth it for the Houston franchise. They're, I would say, yes, they're in rebuild mode, but they're almost done with rebuild mode. And if they capitalize on their second pick, they might be a bottom seed for this year's playoffs team. However, looking at the Pistons side of things, it's a little bit different. Um, the Pistons, you know, they've traded away Blake Griffin. And, you know, Blake Griffin wasn't all that good in Detroit. Um, he wasn't the Los Angeles Clipper Blake Griffin we knew. So, honestly, trading away Blake Griffin, I would say, wasn't a bad idea. But you have the starting lineup of Killian Hayes from France from last year, who still has time to develop. Um, you have Sadiq Bey from Villanova, who I think has done good things. Uh, sorry if I pronounced the name wrong. Hamadou Diallo, who is a shooting guard who averaged oh, about 11 points per game. Corey Joseph, who is probably leading the team. And Jahil Okafor, who I think is a bust in this league right now. Uh, but, you know, he's the best guy they got. So, I think they take Cade Cunningham, obviously. Let Killian Hayes be on the bench for a little bit. Um, you could use Killian Hayes as a trade marker. You could use him as a future experiment. Um, it's very possible Corey Joseph doesn't stay with the Pistons. And maybe that's when Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham can lead the team. Do I think this pick is going to matter life or death for them? I mean, if they don't pick Cade Cunningham, then yes. <laughs> um, but if they pick Cade Cunningham, they're going to have to be patient with the team and the success of the franchise. But I do think that Cade Cunningham goes first, and I do not think the Houston Rockets should trade up to get the pick. And speaking of the Houston Rockets... This is where I think it gets a little changed. A lot of people have Jalen Green going here, but I'm going to pick Evan Mobley from USC. They need a big guy. Like I said, Kelly Olynyk, not a bad big man, but he's not the big man that Houston wants in their starting lineup. Ever since Dwight Howard, uh, Clint Capella, those guys are gone, you need a solid big man that when you look at the Houston Rockets, you're going to think Evan Mobley. And we saw what Evan Mobley did in the March Madness tournament. You know, he they lost against Gonzaga, I believe, in the second round or maybe even the Sweet 16. They need a big man. Um, don't mess with the guards. I think Aaron Gordon and John Wall are fine. Yeah, you could look at other forwards, and I can see why people are saying Jalen Green. Christian Wood has developed very, very well this past season. But I think the Houston Rockets should take Evan Mobley. I think it would help him a lot. He is young. He's only 20 years old. So I'm just saying, take Evan Mobley and let it grow. Well, that leads me to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, the Cavaliers, jeez, what a downfall for this franchise. What an absolute downfall. They have Colin Sexton, who is rumored to possibly be traded during the draft. Um, Damian Dotson is a guard. Isaac Okoro from, uh, I don't know why I put an accent on that. Isaac Okoro from Auburn who I think you need to give him more time to develop. Kevin Love, who I feel like has been a forgotten piece in this team. And then Jared Allen. Their big men are fine. What isn't fine is their guard situation. If they trade Colin Sexton, yeah, you have Darius, or Darius Garland, but you need another guard 
to fill the shooting guard position. Um, and plus, if you want, if Colin Sexton gets tired, you want someone to be able to pick up his slack. Um, and that's Darius Garland. So I think Darius Garland could be a possible good sixth man of the year for Cleveland. And I think this is where the Cavaliers take Jalen Green. They need a solid shooting guard, not um, a tween guard who can play point guard and shooting guard. You need to have a backup point guard that way when Colin Sexton is tired, Darius Garland can come in and nothing changes for the pace or the momentum for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And obviously you have a good big man in Jarrett Allen. I think he is one of the most underrated big men in the NBA. And I think the Cavaliers could take a lot from just getting Jalen Green here. Now the Raptors taking Jalen Suggs possibly. Jalen Suggs, is he the right pick? A lot of people say he shouldn't be the top guy getting picked here. And some people think um, Jalen Green... or excuse me, not Jalen Green. Uh, Jalen Suggs. Now I'm getting confused with the Jalens here. Jalen Suggs shouldn't be picked up until later. Jalen Suggs, I think, is an amazing player. And I think there is no doubt about he should be a top five kind of guy. Kyle Lowry, there is rumors of him being traded. Gary Trent Jr., you know, he's improved, but... Not enough for the Raptors. OG Anubi has done a lot. Pascal Siakam, one of the most um, improved players in the last three seasons. And then you kind of have a mix of some centers. You got Aaron Baines. You got Kem Birch. Honestly, if Evan Mobley fell to the Raptors, I think it would be great. But would he actually fall that far? Probably not. So I agree with the Raptors taking Jalen Suggs. Um... They just really need to get a good center. In my opinion, I think the Toronto Raptors on draft night should trade trade Kyle Lowry. You have Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet is an amazing point guard, and I think he could be in the starting lineup for the Raptors. Trade Kyle Lowry. Um, try to get, I don't know. You could try to get someone like from the Atlanta Hawks, Onyeka Okongwu, who got drafted last year. You know, he's got a lot of developing to do, and I think maybe he could be good for the Toronto Raptor franchise. You could get Nikola Vukovic from the Chicago Bulls, maybe. Um, you know, the possibilities are endless. I know the Mavericks have talked about Chris Tapps Porzingis possibly being on the move. Maybe even get Chris Tapps Porzingis. He could be a stretch five for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, but I think Jalen Suggs would be the safest pick for the Raptors at pick number four. Now, in spot number five, we have the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic has had so many coaching changes, and I feel like the team really hasn't had a system that they can truly follow. Of course, you have Markel Fultz, who has gotten better ever since being a bust in his draft class. Gary Harris, Terrence Ross getting that guard position. Dwayne Bacon and Otto Porter... Got that forward position, Jonathan Isaac in the power forward, Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba in the center position. I think in regards to the future, I think the Orlando Magic are actually doing really well. Um, At least in their center position, you have two young centers who I think could be possible all-stars in the future seasons. Where I'm a little hesitant is the power forward and the small forward position. So I think in this case, the Magic should take Scotty Barnes out of Florida State. Um... You know, you just lost Aaron Gordon, and you need someone to fill that spot. They just need to find a coach that fits their system and keep them. I give credit to the Philadelphia 76ers for keeping Brett Brown as long as they did. If I was that franchise, I would have fired him a long time ago, to be honest. But Brett Brown kept a system, and those guys were so used to the, the system, and they ended up doing great. Obviously, Brett Brown got fired, and I think he should have. I don't think Brett Brown's the greatest coach. Now Doc Rivers is in Philadelphia. But the Magic needs to keep a coach for at least five to seven years, get a system going so Orlando can see success in postseason play. Now, onto the sixth pick, we got the Oklahoma City Thunder, who, you know, yeah, they've they've been under recent fire with everything. Um, you have Ty Jerome and Theo Malden. In the point guard position, uh, Shai Gilgis Alexander, the best guy probably on their team at the guard position. Luguetz Dort at the forward, Al Horford and Isaiah Roby from Nebraska, might I add. 
you know, have stepped in for the power forward position. And then Moses Brown, Tony Bradley for center. Let me just say this. The Thunder need a complete rebuild. Honestly, any pick here would help them a lot. Now, a few guys come to mind for me. Jonathan Kuminga from the G League or James Buchanite. And it, it, this is uh, tough. I think James Buchanite will be successful in the NBA. Anybody from the G League is prepared. But there is a big difference between the college game and the G League game and the NBA game. So I think the Thunder should take Jonathan Kuminga from the G League. And I think it's going to be a start for them. Um, they just don't have any real pieces to look at. Shai Gilgis Alexander is the only guy that, like if you said Oklahoma City Thunder, that's the only guy I'm really going to think about. Um, a lot of these guys I don't even know. I don't know a whole lot about some of these guys. And it stinks because they're probably just getting picked up from free agency and given a chance. But these guys are young. Um, the Thunder is in a complete rebuild process. And it's super tough to see. So take Jonathan Kuminga in the draft and see where it lies from there. And that brings us to the Golden State Warriors who actually got this pick from the Timberwolves. Sheesh, it's... <laughs> The Warriors getting another pick. You know, you have James Wiseman as a center. You already have Stephen Curry, point guard. Clay Thompson, hopefully, who's returning soon as your shooting guard. Kelly Uber Jr., Oubre Jr., uh, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, a power forward. If I was the... Warriors, I would trade this pick maybe for a future pick because right now the Warriors really don't need a whole lot. Um, but they do need a possible big man just in case James Wiseman doesn't work out. And I know it's a, always a risky pick to take someone from international waters, but I'm going to have them take, I apologize in advance for the name, Alpirin Sugan from Bestest Turkey. He is a stretch forward. And he could play the center position. So I think he could be a good role player for James Wiseman. James Wiseman actually didn't do terrible this year, but I think he still has a lot to improve. Um, and I think he can learn a lot from someone like Draymond Green, possibly. But get a backup center in that position, just in case maybe James Wiseman gets traded or James Wiseman doesn't work out. Um, plus, you also need a big man to cover. I know you have Eric Pascal, but he's more of a forward. So... Keep someone in that position so you have them ready to go when it comes to that point. Now, the Orlando Magic actually get another pick, and that is the eighth pick. And the Orlando Magic, having them take some of these guys is hesitant. Um, like I said, Scotty Barnes, I said believe in their center process. Have them take James Buchanite. Um, I've talked about their point guards. I've talked about Michael Carter-Williams. Michael Carter-Williams, I think, is a great point guard. And he's still got a lot to learn. Markel Fultz, he's improved a lot. But have someone in that guard position there. Uh, Terrence Ross, I know he's done some things. Evan Fournier, no longer with the Magic. So... Put James Buchanite in there. I think he could really bring momentum to the Magic. And like I said, they need a system going. And when you have a couple of these rookies, get them added to this new system. James Buchanite and Scotty Barnes have potential to do great things for the Orlando Magic. Give them a system to follow for the next two seasons. And something good could really, really come out of this. All right, and then getting started with our next pick, we are talking about the Sacramento Kings, who are sitting in that ninth spot. And the Sacramento Kings, you never know. Um, I hear trade rumors about De'Aaron Fox. Um, Buddy Heald has told the media that he is unhappy in Sacramento. You have a solid forward in Harrison Barnes. Not a terrible power forward in Marvin Bagley and Rashawn Holmes. Hassan Whiteside and Damian Jones in the big man position. The question is, is just like, are you going to trade De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald? You do have Tyrese Halliburton from last year, who is currently injured, um, who 
I think has potential to be the right guy for Sacramento. But if you're getting rid of Buddy Heald, which I think is a big possibility and not maybe if it's not this season, the next season, then you draw you draft someone like Josh Giddy, who is um, from Australia. Like I said, the international picks are always a risky one, but it pays off for some people. Um, we talk about Chris Tapsporzingis coming from Latvia. Worked out super, super well from the New York Knicks until he got traded to Dallas. Um, but then there are some times where it doesn't work out well for like the Utah Jazz when they drafted Dante Exum, and he has not done a whole lot in the league since getting drafted. Um, but Josh Giddy, take a gamble on him. For some reason, if it doesn't work out, then you just got to hope Buddy Heald stays in Sacramento. Um, but if you want to trade Buddy Heald, trade him for a good guard. Trade him to Utah. Maybe give up a first-round pick in 2023 or 2024 for Donovan Mitchell or something to that matter. I just think Sacramento needs to play their cards right because they are at the risk of their franchise if they don't pull the right cards there. And moving on to the 10th pick is the Memphis Grizzlies, which who they just made a huge trade. Um, they just got Steven Adams. They just got Eric Bloodsoe. And you already have John Moran at the point guard position. So you already know Eric Bloodsoe is going to be playing that shooting guard. You have a small forward who Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks. I think they need to get a forward here. Jaron Jackson has showed a lot of potential. And like I said, Steven Adams in the center position. I think Steven Adams is another underrated big man. When we talked about Jared Allen earlier, Steven Adams is also one of those guys. So if I am the Grizzlies, you are looking for a forward. I'm going to say Corey Kispert from Gonzaga is probably the best idea here. Or Franz Wagner from Michigan. The reason why I have Franz Wagner, or I might have Corey Kispert before Franz Wagner, is because I think Wagner has a lot to improve still. Yes, he's a great shooter. He's got a great fit, um, but I don't think the, how am I, I'm trying to say this in, I guess they do need more wing players. Franz Wagner is more of a wing player. Eric Bledsoe, John Morant are drive. You know what? So I'm going to change here. I think Franz Wagner would be the better, better pick than Corey Kispert. Um, I think Wagner is a better shooter than Kispert, but they both have the same styles. They're both wing players. Um, and especially with John Morant and Eric Bledsoe being drive to drive players, then they really do need that wing player for them. So I'm actually going to go with Wagner for the Grizzlies. I think they really benefited from the trade. Um, and I think it could really, really work out for them. Now taking a look at the next pick is the 11th pick going to the Charlotte Hornets. They have LaMelo Ball and point guard. What a year for Melo, LaMelo Ball, excuse me, got rookie of the year. Malik Monk has got a lot to improve, but he's improved a little bit in the shooting guard position. Small forward, Gordon Hayward coming to Charlotte. What a big addition. Uh, Miles Bridges has really improved. P.J. Washington has definitely improved this season, but I don't know if he is that guy for the Hornets. And then Bismarck Biombo, Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller, I feel like he's been there forever now. Um, centers for the Hornets. They need someone big. And I think the right pick is Kai Jones from Texas. Um, he can play the power forward position if you want. He could also play the center position. You just need a big guy here. Whether you want him in the power forward or center position, I don't think it really matters. Um, I would probably actually throw him behind Bismack Biombo for a few games. Throw him in the starting position, see how he does. Because I think P.J. Washington actually is on the right track and in the right direction. And I could honestly see Charlotte getting back into familiar territory in the playoffs now talking about our 12th pick here is the Spurs and it's weird to see the Spurs at such a top pick without a trade because we are so used to them being in the playoffs but you know Greg Popovich he did a lot um, I believe they went 17 seasons in a row with making the playoffs and I believe this was their first year or I'm sorry last season was their first year um, you got DeJounte Murray who I think is a great point guard I love Patty Mills I've always been a big fan of Patty Mills um, so the point guard position's fine. DeMar DeRozan, the shooting guard. You have Devin Vessel, if that doesn't work out from Florida State, the rookie from last year. You have Rudy Gay from the small forward position. The big men is where we kind of start uh, getting a little little worried. Uh, the power forward position, Trey Lyles, hasn't really done what he was supposed to do ever since he got drafted. And Jacob Poetel? Pertle? I think it's Jacob Pertle. 
Um, he can still improve. And I also like Gorgie Dang as a backup center. So another big man pick, but let me tell you this, there's not a whole lot of big men left that deserves to be in this top pick. So that brings me to drafting Corey Kispert and maybe possibly kicking up Rudy Gay to the power forward position. It would be a stretch, but I think it's doable. Um, Corey Kispert, like I said, is a wing shooter, and I think the Spurs have a mix of drive guys and some wing players. So add another wing player like Corey Kispert, and I think you could really have something rolling in the offense for Greg Popovich just to see how things start going. Now, that brings me to the Indiana Pacers for the next pick. Malcolm Brogdon, the point guard. Uh, Karis LeVert, an amazing shooting guard. There's a lot of rumors about where Doug McDermott could possibly go, but he's, you know, a good forward. TJ Warren does lead that position, though. And, you know, DeMontis Sabanis and Miles Turner. What a duo there. You could have Miles Turner in the power forward position, DeMontis Sabanis in center. But they need another backup power forward but like I said earlier there is not a whole lot of good forwards that could belong in this position really you know if possibly Kai Jones drops to the spot I think it would be a steal for them um but you do need someone who can back up Malcolm Brogdon or Karis Levert so I'm going to say someone like Chris Duarte from Oregon would be a solid pick here for the Indiana Pacers um I don't have a really like a whole lot of discussion about this just because I think it's the safest pick I don't think you take a risk um like the Suns did with Jalen Smith last year and he was projected to go like 25th and he went 10th um I don't think the Indiana Pacers need to really push anything Bet on guys you know is good. Chris Duarte is good. He could help out the Pacers. You may even have a couple of extra trading pieces if need to be. Now, this brings us back to the Golden State Warriors here. Um, we talked about getting another big man, uh, the guy from Turkey. Let me try to pronounce his name one more time here. Alperin Sudgun from Turkey. You know, we talk about guards. Clay Thompson with that injury really affected them this year who knows of the status on this upcoming season I imagine he plays but you know you never know in NBA basketball so I think the right pick here is Davion Mitchell from the Baylor Bears would be the right pick for the Warriors um you could argue argue Moses Moody here but I do think Davion Mitchell is better than Moses Moody Davion Mitchell is more of a playmaker Moses Moody is more of a shooter um and they need a playmaker Golden State Warriors have plenty of shooters. They have Stephen Curry. They have Klay Thompson. They have Andrew Wiggins. They have Draymond Green. Get a playmaker like Davion Mitchell who could back up Stephen Curry or Klay Thompson. And I think you have a safe bet there. Now, moving on to the Washington Wizards. The Wizards uh, have Russell Westbrook. Um, they have Bradley Beal. Great guard positions. Denny Avija, who I thought dropped a lot in last year's draft, but the Wizards got him. Still has a lot of developing to do. Rui Achimura, a great power forward. Is he good enough to start? I'm not sure. Alex Lennon, Robin Lopez, though, in that center position, not too bad. But they need someone else um, in this forward position. And I'm saying Trey Murphy from Virginia is probably the right pick here. Um, I know this might be too early of a pick, but it makes the most sense. I, like we always talk, the international picks are always the tough one, and that's what the Washington Wizards gambled on with Denny Avija last year. Yes, he has a chance to be a great player, but does that mean he is? Who knows? So get someone like Trey Murphy, who you've seen in the United States from Virginia, and go from there. Now, this brings us to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who I had pick James Buchnight from earlier. You, you're you in complete rebuild mode, like I talked about earlier. So any pick here would probably help. So go with Moses Moody. Or, oh, when I say Moses Moody, though, that doesn't sound right because then you already have Shy Gilgis Alexander. See, I actually was debating on this pick. The other one I was going to say is Jalen Johnson from Duke, but I feel like that's a very high pick. Um, so I'm going to go with my gut. I say still take Moses Moody because take the guy that you know is good. And Moses Moody obviously did a lot for Arkansas. If you have to push someone up to the forward position, which I know Shy Gilgis Alexander could do, push him up there if you have to. Maybe even start Moses Moody. 
excuse me, at shooting guard. All right, sorry about that, guys. I had to take a pause. I think because I was talking so much, I started getting my words mixed up and started um, <laughs> just getting a lot of feedback there. Um, anyways, we're moving on. So we just did the 16th pick, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. So let's talk about the 17th pick, the New Orleans Pelicans, which what a roster they have, but they're not doing a whole lot. Now, I do understand that Steph or Dan Van Gundy has been fired as their coach, and I can't remember if they actually – they have hired a new coach, and I'm, to be honest, I have not remembered their name. But after this trade, no more Eric Bledsoe. Um, they do have a couple of future picks, which I think will definitely benefit them. Um, but you still have Lonzo Ball to back up that point guard position, which I think is fine. Where it hurts them is that big man position, the center position. But you have someone like Jackson Hayes, which personally I think could do a lot. Now, where do they get a pick, though? And that's where things get a little tough. Um, people who come to my head is Keon Johnson from Tennessee. You could go Jalen Johnson here as a forward, but I feel like they have too many forwards right now. Um, so I think I'm going to go with the safe bet of Keon Johnson from Tennessee. It makes the most sense. Josh Hart is a fantastic shooting guard, and I think he could, um, or Keon Johnson could play behind Josh Hart as a role player, and I think that's important to the New Orleans depth chart um, when talking about them. Now, the Thunder get another pick. The Thunder is just, <laughs> they have picks all over the place. And since we went point guard, we went shooting guard, it's time to go small forward. So take Jalen Johnson from Duke. I don't really have any more explanations because I feel like I've talked about this team for like half the podcast because of how many draft picks they got. You've got James Knight now. You've got Moses Moody. Now you got Jalen Johnson. Make this young team a great team. They're going to have to follow a system. It's going to take a bit, but it's going to work. <laughs> Anyways, that was a short little description for that pick. But the New York Knicks is our next pick here. The New York Knicks, they have Derrick Rose. I know the Chicago Bulls are actually interested in taking back Derrick Rose, which I think is super interesting. And they have plenty of point guards to um, make up for it. They have Alfred Payton, Emmanuel Quickly, um, Frank Nikitina. I can't pronounce his last name. Um, they have R.J. Barrett as a shooting guard, Alec Burks. Kevin Knox, who I think is really underrated in this league. Julius Randle, what a season he had. Nerlens Noel, Mitchell Robinson. Who is the pick? I'm going to say it's Zaire Williams from Stanford. A lot of people think they should take Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky, but to be honest, I think Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson can hold that center position just fine. So I'm having them take Zaire Williams. Kevin Knox, I think, is very underrated, but he also needs a lot more time to develop. And as he's developing, might as well develop Zaire Williams to kind of get into that role of Kevin Knox, and then maybe in a couple of seasons, use one of them as a trade piece to get a more essential asset to your team when you're the New York Knicks. Now, next pick is the Atlanta Hawks with the 20th overall pick. And let me just say, Trey Young is the future. Now, there was no doubt that he was a an all-star. But wow, his playoff performance dropping 40 to 50 points almost every single game. Um, the new New York Knicks series, I thought was funny when the, the New York fans were, uh, just, you know, throwing crap at Trey Young, not literally, but, you know, just yelling and chanting mean things that you really shouldn't be yelling at these players. And Trey Young was just a savage about it. Um, you have Bogdan Bogdanovich and Kevin Hooter at a shooting guard position. Danilo Gallinari and Cam Reddish at a small forward. I feel like Cam Reddish hasn't developed the way he was supposed to. Same with DeAndre Hunter from Virginia. John Collins, very underrated. Clint Capella, Onyeka Okongwu, who just got drafted, I think could develop even into a better position. So who is the pick I'm going with for these guys? I'm actually going to go with, uh, there's a couple guys. I see Jared Butler from Baylor, or I see Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. And I'm going to go with Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. It makes the most sense. Um... Who knows if Onyeka Okung was going to work out. Bruno Fernando has definitely showed that he can do something. Take another center. Um, Isaiah Jackson, let him develop. If you need to send him to the G League to develop so you can use him in the future, do it. Um, it's the best possible thing. I think the Hawks' franchise are on the rise again. 
and it's great to see something like that occur for a franchise who you know you didn't know was really was supposed to happen. And then we're back on the New York Knicks again. <laughs> um, we talked about I think their centers are fine. I they needed Zaire Williams to cover that small forward position. The th- the thing with the point guard position, if they do get rid of Derrick Rose, I don't see Alfred Payton or Manuel Quickly as a starting point guard. So I'm having the New York Knicks take Jared Butler from Baylor. It just makes the most sense. I think Jared Butler did a lot of great things for this season, and I think he could do a lot for the Knicks. They just need an actual starting point guard if they get rid of Derrick Rose. And there's too much teeter-totter between three different point guards for the New York Knicks. And I think Jared Butler, if he kicks it into the year, he could do the right thing for that franchise. Moving on, the Los Angeles Lakers, who, wow, what a pick they have for how good their team is. At the 22nd pick, now obviously they didn't do great in the playoffs. They didn't uh, make it to the finals. But the fact that they have the 22nd pick, they're not in the bottom five picks. They are in the top 25 picks. And for them, I think that is a huge advantage for this team. They have Dennis Schroeder. They have Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Wesley Matthews, LeBron James, obviously, Anthony Davis, obviously, Andre Drummond, Marcus Gasol. You need a guard. Um, there is rumors that Dennis Schroeder might not stay in Los Angeles. Who knows if those rumors are actually true or not. Um, but they do need another guard. And I think the best pick for these guys is probably Josh Primo out of Alabama. Um, Primo demonstrated a lot of good offense in Alabama, but I think if he stayed another year, he could have been even better. But you know what? He can develop. He can develop under people like LeBron James, learn from those people. I think in the NBA, the Lakers have the best mentorship just because of the mix of the veterans and the rookies they have. And personally, I think that Joshua Primo could learn a lot from the Lakers. So I'm having the Lakers take Joshua Primo from Alabama. And that's where it rolls from there. And then this is where we go back to the Houston Rockets again. Um, After getting Evan Mobley, which I thought was probably the safest pick for them. the, The problem is here is you need a forward. You've gotten your point guard, you need a forward, and this is where you could take a couple of risks. You could take a risk on the guy from Real Madrid, uh, Usman Garuba, who is a stretch forward. And honestly, I think it's fine if they do take a gamble on him. I know you already got Evan Mobley, but get another guy in there. Kelly Olynyk, we know for a fact, is a good a good player. He's just not a starting player, but he's also not a bench warmer. Um... We don't know how Evan Mobley will influence right away in the NBA. And neither do we know with this international man from Real Madrid, Usman Garuba. It could be either or for either of these picks. And we'll just go from there. Um, I think it's safe if they take two centers in the first round because you know they could possibly do even better things. And then the Rockets get another pick. <laughs> um I'm going to say Cameron Thomas from LSU. For some reason, if Bradley Beal is going to be on the out, then take someone who you know is going to be good. And I think Cameron Thomas did a lot of good things from LSU. No, he's not going to be the... Or I'm not talking Bradley Beal. Excuse me. I meant Eric Gordon. If Eric Gordon doesn't stay. Now I got John Wall and Bradley Beal so tied together. Um, if Eric Gordon... I believe Eric Gordon's also up there in age. So who knows if he'll stay there in the next few seasons. He's on his 13th season. Um, he could be on the outs retirement-wise or maybe even going to another team. So I think Cameron Thomas is probably the safest picks for the Bucks there. Now, the Clippers, what a season they've had too, but they've never kicked into gear yet. Um, and that's one of the weird things because that's the reason why Doc Rivers was fired was because they couldn't make it to championship team. You have Reggie Jackson, um, you have Nicholas Batum, Kawhi Leonard, obviously, Paul George, Marcus Morris, DeMarcus Cousins, um, honestly, any pick here is going to help the Clippers. And I think Dayron Sharp from North Carolina, the big man, is going to be that guy. We've seen DeMarcus Cousins kind of take a step back in his career. Um, Ivaka Zubats is not a starting role kind of player. So you need a center that you can trust. Do I know if Dayron Sharp is going to be that guy? Who knows? But sometimes those picks later in the draft end up being the best. And maybe Dayron Sharp can be one of those guys. 
for the Clippers. And that brings us to the Denver Nuggets, and they right now have a pretty stacked team, so I also can see this pick being traded. They got Jamal Murray, they have Will Barton, um, they have Michael Porter, they have Aaron Gordon now, Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic. Um, these picks honestly are amazing, or these players for this roster are amazing. Their picks could vary. Their picks could really vary. Um, if I'm the Denver Nuggets, I'm having them take Trey Mann, just someone who can back up Jamal Murray after he's put up a few points. We've seen Trey Mann in Florida. He's done a lot of good things for the Gators program, and I could think it could develop even more. Now, the Nets. Um, disappointing season. Kevin Durant wasn't... Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they were not able to make the finals, so you really need to build on top of something here. Um... You, you honestly could take anybody. They have, I'm looking at a few websites, Miles McBride is their pick. You know, it makes sense. Kyrie Irving needs someone who's a backup, needs someone to take it there. It works. The 76ers, they need another guard just in the fact that um, Ben Simmons might not be that guy anymore. So take somebody like, I was going to say Trey Mann earlier, but I think Jaden Springer would actually fit them best. And it just makes the most sense. So take Jaden Springer for a guard if Ben Simmons doesn't work out. And this is where the Suns come in. I think the Suns just need another shooting guard to back up Devin Booker. And that is the VCU guy, Bones Highland, shooting guard. I think he's a good scorer and could do a lot of things for the Suns and just put some interest in him. Utah Jazz, Quentin Grimes from Houston. Quentin Grimes is actually really, really good. And I think Utah could use Donovan Mitchell or Quentin Grimes as a trading piece. But either way, I think it could benefit the program either or. So that should actually be it for today's episode. I know it was a little bit of a longer one, but I haven't seen you guys in forever. So I wanted to really get some of this content out. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about the results from the NBA draft. And um, there's going to be a surprise. Like, none of these picks are going to be right. I have a feeling. Um, the only picks I'm really confident on is Cade Cunningham going top pick. Do I know if he's going to Detroit or Houston? No idea. Um, it's going to be a very interesting draft. I imagine a lot of trades happen, and I imagine a lot of surprising trades happen. So, that will do it for this week, but I will see you guys next week here on Beyond the Basket. Thank you guys for listening, and I will talk to you guys later.